0: Good morning, church family. (laughs) All right, turn with me to John 16, uh, starting at verse 33. John 16, verse 33. All right, these things I've said to you that ye may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Okay, can you stand with me in prayer? All right, thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for overcoming the world so we don't have to win our own strength. You've been so good to us and you will be so good to us. Thank you for the peace that we have and experience in you. We love you, Heavenly Father. We pray this in your son's holy name. Amen. As we were worshiping,
1: I saw a bird dog. And it was going everywhere, trying to get that bird. Relentless. Relentless it was going to get that bird. Why? Because it wanted to please its master. God is relentless. He's relentless. Relentless. He's going to keep chasing after you, keep chasing after you, keep chasing after you, keep chasing after you. you. And you know what? He wants us to have that same attitude, because we want to please the master. There's loved ones that we've seen that have fallen away and he wants us to be relentless after them. Relentless, relentless, relentless. It's time people, he wants us to be relentless to chase after these people. And he's not like be a, a jerk about it. He's just like, just hold your arms open and say, come home, just come home. You don't know how good God is. You've tasted Him once, but keep, you, you just need to taste Him again, because He is relentless and He's going to keep chasing, but He wants us to have that same attitude. We have to be relentless for our lost loved ones.
2: All right. It's good to see everybody. Good to be back this morning. Seems like I hadn't left after uh, eight days. We were sitting at home last night. Relaxing, had my feet up. Somebody said, we had eight, eight services in seven days, or, you know, it's like, and here we are back again. So that's nine, or whatever. <laughs> Renee has a, something on her heart.
3: We had an experience this weekend that <clears throat> I think has some spiritual, it's very spiritual to me, I guess, um so we decided to have a bonfire to burn some wood that had been piling up and we had some of the teens over this was a couple nights ago and so we you know had it way out in the back on the concrete pad in the back and we lit it up and It was a very, very large fire, okay? It was a very large fire. Um, It drew a lot of attention. So much so that we had a visit from a very nice police officer and um, a fire truck. (laughs) Even though we had called and made sure they knew what was going on. Um, But it drew a lot of attention. But um, it burned hot, it burned fast, we enjoyed the heat, and then we uh, went to bed. And then the next morning, we had a visit from a neighbor that we've never met, who lived over a mile and a quarter away, who showed us a picture that he took from his second-story window. (laughs) And it looked like the sunrise at 11.30 at night. I want you to think about that 1130 at night it's pitch black and it looked like the sunrise over our silos and i've been thinking about it and it makes me smile every time i look at the picture it makes me laugh thinking boy did we draw a lot of attention it was bright and i kept thinking let your light shine before men so they could praise your father and see the good works and i'm not getting the scripture quite right but that's just what keeps going through my head that when you shine bright it draws a lot of attention from people that you would never meet otherwise right so that's what i had
2: amen Turn with me to Matthew No, Mark go to Mark. Go with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 beginning with verse two. I'll, I'll wait till the paper starts stops rustling. I mean, if you still need a rustle paper, do it. That's fine. I'm just waiting for you. Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 2, says, And he, this was Jesus, was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teachings he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to, sh- to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Our seed, other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 10, And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? And so this, this parable, this, this part of Scripture is so... Uh, Common, it's you know, you hear it all the time. Everybody knows. As soon as I started reading about uh, the parable, the, this parable of the sower, you uh, it, 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 you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. And some of you went, "Oh, great, here we go again." I've heard everything there could possibly be heard about the uh, the parable of the sower. Turn to your neighbor and say, "No, you haven't." And even if you have, you need to hear it again. Because some of you ain't getting it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I just, <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta stir it up right away. You know, you just gotta stir it up, get people thinking, get people going. So Jesus talked in parables. He talked in parables. Why? Because the stuff that he was trying to explain uh, couldn't really be expressed in 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 everyday language. I mean. The stories he told, we can look at them now, and we've had it explained to us and we've you know studied it for years and we you know we all know oh the sower of the word and we're, and we're gonna get there, you don't know, talk about the word and you know that there's soils and everybody's different and yeah that's true. But back then they understood it too. I mean if, if they were really listening, they understood it. If they were really and he, that's why he said to him who has ears to hear let them hear. If you, want to, if you really want to know, you need to listen. Now, as I get into talking more about the soils and about the different kinds of soils and what's in the soils and why, it did, why the crop grew and why it didn't grow and all those sort of things, I, I, I made that joke about, well, some of you haven't you know, listened yet or some of you haven't figured it out, but it's true because we keep finding ourselves in those bad soils. I'm gonna make the make the statement. I'm gonna be so bold. I'm gonna step on your toe your toes. Hopefully you wore your your steel-toed stilettos this morning, ladies. You know, and in your steel-toed sneakers, guys. You know, because you're gonna step on some toes. And, and the reason being is, is because you know, if we don't ever get challenged, if we don't ever have to deal with this stuff, we'll stay in the rocky soil and the and the weedy soil, and the we'll stay there because. We live in this world and every day we are constantly bombarded with any everything that's anti-god. Everywhere you turn, you drive down the road, you look at billboards, you go down, you go to work and your people are talking around you, you you watch watch TV, gee many Christmas folks. Just turn that thing off, really. Turn off the internet. Just turn No, I'm just kidding. Do whatever you need to do. But he says, "How will you understand all the parables. How will you then understand? If, if we don't get the word part, if we don't get what, what we need to do here, then you won't understand anything the Bible says. So we need to get make sure we get this centered. It's good to be reminded. I, it's good for me to be reminded. You know, well, I'll probably tell on myself here in a bit anyway, so we'll wait. Go to verse 14. Jesus starts explaining this parable. The sower sows the word. That's that's the seed. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the the explanation of the word of God. Whether you know when when somebody uh, preaches, you know it could be uh, it could be me up here preaching the word, teaching the word, or whatever. But also, Renee just preached the word. Renee just preached the word. Amen. You know, the worship team just preached the word. You know, when you get up in the morning and you you encourage your spouse, you're preaching the word. When you're when you're quoting, saying, "Hey, you know, we're going to make it. This is going to be good." I read this this morning, and God God encouraged me. And you share that with your spouse. You're preaching the word. Everybody thinks you have to have a title in front of your name before you're preaching the word. No, everywhere you go, every every time you let your light shine, you're preaching the word. We need to get away from the idea that you somehow have to be a part of the five-fold ministry, the pastor, the apostle the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, and the evangelist. You know, yeah, that oh, only those guys are preaching the word. No, we're all preaching the word. It's just which word are you preaching? What 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 is what are people seeing? Are they seeing a candle or a 30-foot bonfire? I have the picture. Do you, you have the picture? Why don't you email it over to the guys? Because e- e- Email it somehow to, to the... I don't know how you do it. Figure it out. But when Jason sent when Jason to me, and he goes, hey, this is what happened last night, he sent me the picture. I'm like, dude, I thought it was somebody else's farm. No, it was his farm from a mile and a half away. And it does. It looks like the sunrise. It's a great picture. So what are people seeing? Are they seeing, you know, are they seeing a a, 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 a candle? Are they seeing a thirty-foot bonfire? Or are they seeing one of those really cool halogen lights? Somebody gave me one of those little pen lights now, and and so, and I and I said, oh, is this setting any good? Oh, wow! It it literally was like whoa, and so I did it to a couple other people. It's really fun to do that. But <laughs> what is it that you're? What what kind of light are you exhibiting? because as you exhibit you can exhibit whatever light you choose you choose you choose to exhibit once you're born again once you're born and once, once the spirit of god lives inside of you you have a choice because every day you can you can show light or you can keep showing darkness if you want to it's up to you but the sower sows the word. So it doesn't matter when. This last week we had, we had so much seed sown. We had so much word sown. I mean, we, you know, we started out Sunday morning, Sunday night, you know, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, all day yesterday. I mean, I, you, know, you could do the math. I don't know how many different people shared and, and preached and spoke. There was a ton of seed. I'm expecting a huge har- harvest. Huge harvest huge harvest i mean a huge harvest especially if it if it produces 30 times 60 times 100 times what was sown because i know there's good soil here and there's good soil that uh, the folks that are watching from wherever they're watching from there's good soil that this seed is being sown into that's why oh my gosh that's why it's so important to continue to be together Because if you're locked in, if you're lock, if you're locked away, if you can't be hearing the word, now there's you can go online and hear the word. Absolutely, you can. Obviously, you can. You can go online and hear the word if you're if you're if you're a distance away, or if there's a situation, health. You know, I mean, I know there are people who uh, who are uh, homebound for different reasons. They're watching us. They I hear I, we hear testimonies about them listening to 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 us in uh, you know, order to whomever. You can hear the word that way, but it's also not, not just what's being spoken up here, it's what happens out there afterwards. When somebody goes, you know, I, I, last night, I mean, okay, we had a full week of meetings every night, every day, we were praying every day, we had a just powerful opportunity, and I was getting ready to walk out the door last night, just we're getting ready to walk out, and a guy walked up to me, somebody I'd, ne- I'd never met until yesterday, somebody knew who'd been watching us online, they're probably watching us right now. Walked up and said, "Hey, can you pray for me? Just want, just needed prayer. Oh yeah, I'll pray for it. Just it, it, the more of the word, more opportunity. You, and that happened just between two people. You can preach the word. You can encourage somebody. You can pray for them. But the sower sows the word. You are a sower. Sower. You are a sower. Say, I'm a sower. I'm a sower." I have good seed and I have available to me bad seed. You choose. It's up to you. However, you want to do it. Choose wisely. Verse 15. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. Okay, so he's talking about these are the different kinds of soils. We know that. I'm not telling you anything new. When they hear, this is the ones that get along the path. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Now, there's different translations, different you know uh, variations that talk about the, the path that's hardened. You know, these are the ones where the seed. So, so when a, when a sower sows, you know, it's not like uh, it's not like uh, uh, modern day planters, you know, that put it in an exact spot. When he's talking about sowing, he's just they're reaching into a bag and they're just going whoosh, like this. Whoosh, whoosh, and they're just throwing the seed. They're sowing it. So where the, that individual seed. When they when they put this floor down, it was fun to watch them. And they said, you know, to, you can't just walk along and dump it out. They literally sowed the, the the granules because they needed a random look. And it was fun to watch them because these guys, I mean they're just going, whoo, whoo, you know. And I'm thinking, how do they know? They don't. They just go, Oof. you know, they just, they, just, they just let it wherever they are. That's where they throw it. That's the kind of sowing. So as he throws it, sometimes some of that seed lands on a path. Now, whenever I talk about this parable, whenever I talk about this concept, I think back to my college days. Because when I was at college, it was interesting. I, I was actually uh, w- walking to a class one day when this parable all of a sudden hit me, this part of the parable. Because you know, there's sidewalks everywhere on college campuses, you know, because people are walking all over. So there's sidewalks, and, and people are supposed to follow the sidewalk. But not at stout. People don't follow, always follow the the sidewalks at Stout. And there are probably every other wor- you know, in the world that you know they don't because you know you'd have the the sidewalk and then you get down there and you go sidewalk. No, nope, there's a path right there. Cuz people are booking it, you know, and they're going right across the grass. And they've done it for so long that grass doesn't grow there anymore, which is great because now you have a nice path to walk on. You don't your feet don't get wet from the dew in the morning. But I was walking across the path, because I wasn't following the, the, the sidewalk, and all of a sudden I realized, that's the path. Which means, what, what does that mean when, when the seed was, was sown on that path? Why is there a path there? Because you've walked that path so much that you're oblivious to what's supposed to be there. You've done something so many times. You know, you can come to church every single Sunday and all of a sudden, start to miss it because you've done, you've gotten into habits, you've gotten into, you know, you've, you, you can you can read something, you know, the, the word can be sown in your heart, and you and like this sermon because we're talking about the sowing of the seed. You can go, I've heard that before. I wonder what's going on with my favorite football team. I wonder how the wonder how lunch is because I've already heard this sermon. You've heard it so many times. You've experienced it so many, or you've done it so many times. You know, we we joke in, in church leadership, you know, it, trying to change anything is painful. Literally trying to change anything is painful. You know, we we painted this sanctuary about what 15 years ago once. And the color that was was chosen was disliked by some people. And they weren't nice about it. They said some things about the color that was painted, and it got a little dicey, got a little dicey, got a little little dicey, let's just say that. And we just decided, okay, we'll paint it a different color. So we painted it a different color. And, And somebody who was helping us paint the paint for the second time in two months said, Pastor, how many times do churches paint the walls? How how many times does do most churches paint their walls? And I said they cha- they usually paint it once every hundred years, <laughs> because the last time they changed it, they had a church split, because <laughs> people don't like change. They do something, they do something, they do something, and they just get to the point where I don't want to change. You know, I don't like it. I get it. I get it. I don't actually. I, I don't get it. My wife gets it. She doesn't like change. I love change. I could change everything every day. I could do something different every single day. I could do something different right now. I could just walk out. and I'd be okay with it. i think it was funny. Because <laughs> that would be different. The pastor just walked out in the middle of his sermon. I could do that. It wouldn't bother me a bit. Okay, let's do it. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> but most people don't like change. They don't like change. And, and so that path is the Word gets sown into a part of your life where you don't want to change it. And Satan's just going to pull that seed, and it's gone. It was, it was, it was good seed, but I don't want to change. I don't want to keep... I, I like my path. It's a hard path. I don't slip around. I like... I'm used to this... Now I'm not saying you have to change. There are certain things that you don't need to change, but if God wants you to change it, then you need to change. Actually, I'll just be honest. There's some things I don't like to change. There's some things I I say I like to change everything. I actually don't. There are some things in my life that I I just I like a certain thing, and I don't want it to ever change. I loved my kids when they were, you know, young. You know, it was fun to be with them and play with them and and hanging out with them and as they grew up, you know, you just, you know, you just kind of go, "Oh, I missed that stage." And I, you know, I remember when the kids got out of the toddler stage, I went, "Man, I could we could have another one of those. That's fun." <laughs> but they need to change. And so then, then, you get, then you experience that stage of their life, and that's awesome. But then they get out of that, and then, then they grow into the next stage, and then you go, oh, you lament, because, oh, I liked it back then. It's not the same anymore. And then they move to California. <laughs> or Morris. And the house is empty. Glory to God. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what I mean. Love you guys, absolutely love. And I loved you as 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 babies. I loved you as 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 uh, toddlers. I well, not so much toddlers. They kind of you know everybody. Yeah. But grade school, junior high, high school. I love I love the marriage stage. It is so awesome to watch your kids marry the the one they're supposed to spend, the one they will spend the rest of their life with, and I believe supposed to. So I mean, I'm just. And watch them go through their life. And it's like, that is so cool. And you, know, you look forward to the next stage. Babies. I had to get one more shot in. I just did. I had to get one more. They're leaving today. The Say goodbye to them. They don't want at the end of the service. But I know, I know. But you know, it's good. They need to go. Okay, so. That's two. That's two. Change is, if there's something in your life that needs to change, let it change if there's something that you need to do differently, don't let the, the word that's sown in your heart be discarded because you won't change. Because you won't accept the difference. So now how, how do you make that, they call it fallow ground or hard fallow ground, how do you make that good soil? Because that's what this sermon is really about. It isn't pointing out everybody's faults is how do you take that hard soil and how do you make it good soil because it doesn't like it's a path it'll always be a path never mind it's too late you're already you know you can't do anything about it no 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 you can make that hard path new able to receive the seed how do you do that you allow god to let the ch- to, to to do the change you allow god to change you you know, the thing, the thing that I don't like to change in is a lot of it has to just do with my personality, things that I control. Things that I, you know, I, I could change the color of a wall, doesn't matter to me at all. But if there's something that I enjoy doing, it's really hard for me to change. And there's been many things where you know, there's something right now God's been dealing with. He says, quit doing that. Ugh, that's painful because it, it's churning up. You know, and you have to have that rototiller. That rototiller that busts it up. And it's a mess. And that path doesn't, that, that old path doesn't, doesn't walk as easy as it used to. But you gotta let God bust that up. If there's something in your life that you're going, nope, this is the way I've always done it and I'm never gonna change, you know, this is the way, God put me on this path. That's another one. God put me on this path, yeah, 30 years ago. Do you think maybe? The Bible does say he's doing a new thing. He doesn't change. His his, his heart and his passion, his his vision doesn't change for you. But every once in a while you could turn the wheel a tad and do something different. And it's not going to kill you. You, You'll feel like it is. You You might think it's killing you, but it's not going to. Where the word is sown, when they hear... Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them because it never gets into them. There are times when the word is spoken, and it will happen this morning. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not ignorant of the fact. There, there are times when a word is spoken, even right now, where somebody hears it and goes, wow, that's good, and then just goes on with their life and the path stays hard. And then two days from now it will be gone. If it feels a little uncomfortable right now and you don't want to change, it's okay. A couple days it will be gone. Verse 16. And these are the ones, another another more seed, are the ones that's uh, sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. There are areas in your life, in areas in your heart, areas in your mind, areas in, in who you are, that you really want the Word of God to operate in your, in your life. But there are some things that are triggers for you. They are hard things. You know, the, the um, 1 Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, somewhere, you tell me if I'm wrong, somebody shouted out, I don't care. But it says that uh, that the, the weapons of the God are mighty for pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds, pulling down, strongholds are those things that you get stuck in your head, and this is what I believe, and this is what I think, and this is how I react in this situation. And they have become hardened fortresses, strongholds. They become hardened strongholds. They become hard. Rocks are hard. When you sow a seed on on dirt that has become packed down, you can till that up. But the rocks, you know, if it falls among stony soil which is hard, but those you can't just till that up and change, you know, just change. There are some things you got to get out of your life. There are some rocks that you just it has to be not tilled up, it needs to be removed. You know, we we went up to our cabin this last fall, and and my uncle had had uh, worked uh, a par- a portion of the property, and uh, he tried to grow uh, grow some, some uh, crops there, and the, the the ground was terrible. I mean, it was it's it's uh, uh, clay, wet clay. It's just terrible ground. But he tried, and man, he was a worker, and I, I was absolutely amazed because what he had to do, there were rocks. Where he tilled it up, and, and this was back in the 50s, and it was one guy. This guy must have been just tougher than, because there were four of us using a tractor, and I was tired by the end of the day. Because we had to move the rock pile to a different place because it was in the way, you can't, you can't mow there, you know. So we had to move the rocks, you know, and that's hard work. Anybody ever picked rocks as a kid in a field? Yeah, okay, you know what I'm talking about. You know, they got machines that do that now? What in the world? Yeah! They got machines. I saw one machine. I've seen it online. It's really cool because it's on this tractor and it, it goes and it actually digs the rock up and it sends it through a crusher and it puts it out the back. They don't even have to move them off the side of the field anymore. It actually just crushes them. I was like, dude, that would have been awesome. <laughs> what were, you know? But picking rocks stinks. That's hard work. There are some things in your mind. There are some things in your heart that are not just, you know, hard packed ground. They have become rocks. And those things can't be messed with. They are not going to work. You've got to get them out of the field. And that means it may take some work, mindsets, choices. Things that have, have become so hardened and they're not useful anymore. You need to get rid of it. It might be about something, you know. I, I like hymns. I don't I mean I like hymns, but you know, but I'm talking for you. You know, I like hymns. I, I don't I don't like this new music. This hip music. I don't like the, I, I wish they'd sing more hymns. Well, that we do sing hymns. I'm I'm just giving you an example. I wish we didn't have all that. I wish that drummer would just settle down. I don't. I'm just I'm talking for somebody out there. I don't know who it is. I wish that drummer would just settle. I wish that guitar player, you know, that bass player, man. That bass player. I don't even want to start on what I think he should do. Because me, personally, I, I love Greg. I, I even like Greg. I mean, I like Greg a lot. But, you know, I'm just picking on people now. You know, I wish, I wish and, and it, you know what? I cannot receive from them because they do this. I just can't receive from that. There's, you know, there's that person in church. I'm really glad they sit on that side because I, I just, I don't even want to talk to them. You know, you just, you get this hardened spot that needs to change. And you just need to root that out. There are some things you just need to root out and you need to toss it out of the field that it never deals with you again. You never bother it again. Or it never bothers you again. And those things are not going to grow. And so, you know, you you, the word gets in you because you know you've got good ground around that rock, but the roots can't go deep because there's something that's going to stop it. Your attitude about whatever it is. Your attitude about the music, about the drummer, about the bass player, about me. You know, most people who don't like me have already left. Most. I, I'm always leaving room open. I don't know. There may be somebody who's on the fence right now. I don't know. But the reason they don't like me is because of a rock. I will just call it out. It's a rock. There's something in their head, their mind that won't get won't let the word that I'm speaking get past that rock in their heart. That rock in their mind, that rock in their, you know, it's a rock. Because I hurt them somehow or I didn't smile at them or I didn't, you know, I didn't shake their hand. I didn't. I don't know what I I mean, just fill in the blank. And if you're going to let that stop you from receiving from God, Man, good luck. Cuz you can leave here and go to another church and somebody else is going to take you off. Why? Because that rock is still there. You didn't get rid of the rock. It isn't me. I'm perfect. It isn't me. It's the rock in your head. It's the rock in your heart. You know, you can go to you can you can go to the biggest best happening church in the world and then all of a sudden you go, I don't like him either. Pretty soon, you start getting this idea that everybody—only you, only you—are the one who have it all figured out. Oh, my grandfather! I loved my grandfather. He was just awesome. He was hilarious. He was—he was wise. He and then one day we were sitting talking, and he just goes, "This is fifty years ago." So, just to give you an idea, for those of you who are over. That age, you know, the, the, we think it's bad now. It's always been bad. Yeah. My grandpa sat and he, he looked over at me and he always smoked a pipe. You know, he smoked a pipe and he's sitting there and he's, I could tell he was thinking. He goes, You know, John, this world's gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, I said, I was like, Okay, grandpa, yeah. He goes, Everybody's crazy except you and me. And I'm starting to worry about you. (laughs) You can get an idea that, wow, maybe I am the only smart person in the world. The only wise person. The only saved person. Come on. Really? That's a rock. And it doesn't, you know, you don't like me? I don't care. I got plenty of friends. I got Jesus. I don't care what anybody else, you know. I mean, I like you, you know, I want you to like me, but I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. But you need to get the rock out of your head. You need to get the rock out of your heart. You got to get rid of that stuff because it, it, it will affect you the rest of your life and it will stunt your growth. That seed that tries to get down into your heart and to affect your life won't because it'll hit that rock and it will stop right there. And, and when you get a little plant, eee! but it won't grow any more than that. And you go, oh, look at my plant. Look at my plant. Look how, look how beautiful my plant well, is. It's that big. Come on. It's on rocky soil. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the Word, on account of the Word, immediately they fall away. Verse 18, And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Man, you can hear the best Sermon. The best you can hear that God wants to move in your life, <clears throat> that God wants to use you, that God wants to, to change your world, that He wants you to change the world. He, you can get all fired up. And then tomorrow you can go to work and you can get so focused on whatever's happening that you forget what God just did. The deceitfulness of wealth. You know, wealth, God, God wants us blessed. This is not a, a verse talking about money is evil. No, the root of the love of money is the root of evil. That deceitfulness, that money is gonna solve this for you. If I just make more money and I need to put all my efforts into making more money, then I'll serve God. No. You serve God, He'll take care of your stuff. You you obey him and and what I mean you know you serve God does that mean I have to go into full time ministry well for some of you yes, <laughs> but not for everybody. I'll, okay, I'll hit every group. Just say so, for some of you yes, 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 but not everybody. Does that mean that I, I have a less of a job? No. Oh my goodness, man, you're out in the world shining light. I've said that so many times. One of the worst things about my life is I'm a pastor. Because people hear that I'm a pastor and they go, oh, oh. They start acting differently. Oh, yes, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, give me a break. But you're out there every day shining your light and people are going, what? Man, you must be a pastor. No, I design homes. You must be a pastor. No, I work in engineering. you must well you might be that too. but I, you must be you oh no I'm just a I just believe God and he's good and he's changed my life. Really? Just a regular person. You're shining your light. But if it becomes about everything else, and that the Word is sown in you, it, it's growing, but those thorns is what sucks life off of everything else. How many of you had a garden when you were, or have a garden? How many of you either have a garden, raise your hand, if you have a garden, or you had worked in it? when I was a kid, we had two gardens. God bless my parents. <laughs> Huge, stinking Gardens. And I, I hated summer. I did. I hated summer because we had. Uh, you know what a wheel hoe is? Anybody know what a somebody old, old guy, old people wheel hoe is? A two handles with a long thing, and has a wheel at the bottom, and it has two tines that go into the ground, and you actually get to the end of the row, and you got to go do this, oof, oof. and it cuts all the 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 weeds out, cuts the roots of it out. You know, Dad, I used to, you know. John, what are you doing today? Oh, I was gonna go bike riding with my friends. Well, at some point, wheel hoe the west, you know the left hand of the left side of the garden before you go ride. by. Oh, it's always hot and mosquitoes, and my friends are riding by on their bike. <laughs> my dad was one of those guys. It wasn't just just wheel hoe. He, I knew what he meant wheel hoe, and then walk those same rows and pick up every weed out of, the, out of the aisle and haul it to the end of the row and throw it in the grass so that it dies, so it doesn't re-root. you got to get the weeds out of your field. You get them completely out. You don't just root them up and then throw them back on the soil because they'll re-root. you got to remove those things in your life that are sucking life out of you. If there's something in your life that is sucking the life out of you, and it could be anything. I don't have to I don't have to give you an example. You know what I'm you already know what I'm talking about. Or if you don't know now, I believe God's going to show you in the next few days or few weeks, there's things in your life that are sucking the life out of you. It might be the it might be what's going on in the world right now. It's sucking the life out of you. You got to figure out how to root that out, the care of that out of your life. Because if you let this world suck the life out of you, you won't have any any energy for the kingdom. And you got to you got to cut them off at of the roots and you got to haul them out and throw them. Oh, the other thing too is dandelions. We didn't have true green. When I was a kid, we had one of those things that would go, it was, and you, some people have the one that's on a handle and you go like this. No, 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 no. We had the little fork. You ever, you ever have the little fork and you'd have to crawl through the stinking grass and root and then put it in a bucket. And then, you're, you know, oh, that, ooh, I have issues. I have issues. Okay, I'm working through them. But it made me the man who I am today. Get those weeds out of your yard. Get the weeds out of your field. Get the weeds out of the rows because they're sucking the life out of you. And your crop's only going to grow so big and then all of a sudden the weeds overtake it. Verse 20. But those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept it, And bear fruit 30fold, 60fold, 100 fold You gotta get this stuff. You gotta get you got to till up the ground. You gotta get rid of it, the the mindsets, the the strongholds, the 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 things that are blocking the seed from getting root. You gotta get rid of the 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 cares of this world, the 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 uh, the the thorns, you gotta get rid of the, the, the stuff in your life that's sucking the life out of you, you gotta get rid of it, but then you need to keep it good soil you know I, I spent summers pulling weeds and the next year what'd you have to go do pull weeds and then the next year pull weeds then my dad finally figured out you can put hay or or stuff down and, it, and the weeds don't come through i was like god bless you whole. <laughs> But but you got to work the soil. Don't don't get so used to hey I got this figured out, and you have a good week, and you have a good month, and you have a good year, and you have, maybe have a good decade, and then all of a sudden you find out whoa wait a second, I've got some hard spots. I've got I've got some paths that have been hardened, and they need to be tilled back up again. If you do that daily, God will keep you. You'll be able to receive the word and it'll grow, and it'll turn over. It'll, you'll 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 Produce harvests. One real quick. I'm going to take all of that, but there's one thing that also that the Lord put on my heart to, to say today is um, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday, and I think I remember who it was, but it doesn't matter who it was, and they were talking about something the Lord had been speaking to them about. And it really comes back to this because we were talking. We ended up getting getting into a conversation about what's happening in the world right now, what's happening in America, what's happening in the world, and and I would be amiss to not just say something. And I guarantee you, it will not be political. It has nothing to do with finger pointing or calling out this or that or not, you know, whatever. It has everything to do with what is the godly attitude about what's going on in the world right now. It's really important because the cares of this world can take, or it can distract us, and it can suck the life out of us. That's one of the things that can suck the life out of us: the fear, the fear of what's going to happen next, the fear of what's going to happen with my kids, what's good, the fear of what you know, blah blah blah, whatever. It can suck the life out of you. And this person said something that I've, I've been, I've been meditating on it for months. And I hadn't said it to anybody, but I've been definitely was in my heart. When they said it, it just went, yeah, that's it. They said the Lord had been speaking to them about the story when Jesus went back to his hometown and he started preaching. He started preaching, and then and they they got offended at him. It was early in his ministry, probably right at the beginning of his ministry. He went back to his hometown, started saying, "This is what's going on," preaching the good news, and they got offended because that's just Joseph's kid. We just read this in Mark in the last few weeks, this story. And that may be why I started to meditate on it more. And they they got so offended at Jesus that they took him forcibly to the edge of a hill. And they were going to throw him off. You know, we we were at that place. We weren't actually on that hill. We were actually across the valley, between between, you know, right outside of of, of Nazareth. Is is a is a plain, and it's the plain of Armageddon. And we were on the other side of Megiddo, wasn't it Megiddo? We were up on the, the hill of Megiddo and we didn't go to Nazareth, but you could see across and you could see this hill that comes off and drops off. And I went, Wow. I don't know if it was that hill. I don't know. That's a big hill. <laughs> and they were going to take Jesus and throw him off the hill in Nazareth. He was at the beginning of his ministry. Satan was trying to kill him and destroy him at the beginning of his ministry, before it even got going. They tried to throw him off, and the Bible says that all of a sudden, he just stopped and turned around and walked through the crowd, and they couldn't touch him. That's what God's been speaking to me. The Antichrist spirit is trying to throw God off the cliff. The Antichrist spirit is trying to end us, trying to end the kingdom, end the end the believers. He's there, There's threats, you know. Goliath, oh, I'm going to kill you. You're all dead, and then he dies. You know. You're all going to end. You know. Here's these threats. Here's this. They're in the. They're in the middle of throwing, wanting to throw Jesus off the cliff, and he just turned around and walked back out. Why? Because he wasn't going to die one second before he needed to. Jesus said and this is with the verse that keeps rolling around him he says no man takes my life i lay it down there are so many promises in the word of god psalm 91 you do not have to fear the calamity at night you do not have to fear the pestilence you do not have to fear this you don't have to, this the world is trying to suck the life out of us And if we get distracted by that, we won't be effective. We have to know what the Word says. And what the Word says is they're not the enemy. They're not the enemy. The the, the government's not the enemy. The, The world's not the enemy. People are not the enemy. We know who the enemy is. And we don't even have to focus on Him. We focus on God. He has a plan for your life, and you will fulfill the plan for your life. I guarantee if you do not give up, if you if you work the word, work the soil and work the seed and work water and plant, because that's the other thing, the seed is sown, it needs to be tilled, it needs to be worked, watered, and continue to weed, and continue let that plant get as big as possible. And if we get distracted by what's happening in the world, and we we lose heart and we give up, he wins. My life will not end one second before I'm I'm satisfied, and I'm not even close to being satisfied. My ministry, this ministry, will not end one second before before we're satisfied and we've fulfilled. How will we know that we have fulfilled the will of God? Because he goes, well done, thou good and faithful servant. No one takes my life. No one takes this ministry. No one takes anything about the kingdom of God. Psalm 2, somebody read that this week during prayer. Why do the nations rage? Why do the the kings plot against God and his anointed one? Who's, Who's God's anointed one? Who's God's anointed one? We are. Yes, it was Christ. But now he's turned it over to us. Why do the nations plot against the kingdom of God? Because they're trying to to destroy us. But God sits in the heavens and laughs. Because he knows what his plan is. We can take heart in that. You need to encourage yourself. You need to encourage others. God sits in the heavens and laughs. That means you can laugh too. Ha! Ha!
4: It's on Good morning oh sorry about that it's a little louder well we're firmly in 2021 right does it feel fresh feel new some optimism here that we can um, grab on to uh, I guarantee you I did not I did not compare notes with Pastor John this morning but my uh, my scripture for today for our offering is mark Four, thirteen through 20 so we'll be reading it one more time and hopefully I've got uh, just a, a few things to complement what Pastor John has said this morning So mark 413 through 20 says and he said to them do not do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables the sower sows the word and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown." When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These, likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns, they are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some a 100. So I want to concentrate on, on good soil. the The society that Jesus was addressing was an agrarian society. So they understood the principle of soil. Good soil, bad soil. It could make the difference between life and death. Between having a crop, having food, not having food. And so they understood it and they received what he said in many cases. Um, Just an example of my own life. I praise God my my parents left the farm and moved to the city before I was born because I did not like spending summers on the, my cousin's farms, but they, my parents grew up in South Central Minnesota, the and Blue Earth counties. That soil was very, very black, very tillable. They barely had to do anything to get something to grow in there. I mean, it was, you still drive down there, it's just amazing. Well, after high school, I decided, well, um, I better put my money into something other than beer i um, not recommending that, but so I, I bought a piece of land in central Minnesota in, in Todd County in a recreation community and it, Much different climate much different area, you know I, I hadn't been familiar with the area so I drive up there and kept seeing these piles of rocks all over the place I'm thinking what's going on here? Well, I talked with a local farmer and he said well you know we have to pick them every year the frost raises the rocks from the ground and they pick them before they can get real uh, crops in the ground and thinking, well now there's a cottage industry for rocks, but you know back then they're, they're all sitting by the side of the road probably to help the snow plows figure out where the driveways were, but you know, that's just a, a, the difference between good soil and soil that really has to be broken up to be able to be used. And, you know, the same is true for us. You know, there are rocks in our lives, like like Pastor John said, we have to pick them out, we have to allow them to be removed from the soil of our heart. And as we go on, many times our soil is like the black soil of Lesseur County and it's, it's able to be tilled, but at other times the rocks do come back up and we have to deal with them. And our mindsets and our attitudes relate a lot to the soil of our heart. We can allow God to work on the soil of our heart. We can receive His grace by faith and be changed by the Word of God and allow for the tilling of the soil. But it's important for us to understand that God doesn't force His desires or His grace on it. He waits patiently. He waits for us to receive His grace by faith, whispers in our hearts, shows us his plans if we listen, and he waits for us to trust and surrender. So with the grace of God received and released by faith, we can till the soil of our hearts, live receptively, and surrender in his loving kindness. Well, the same is true about uh, the soil of ministry. You know, Everything is a seed. Everything that we put forth into ministry is a seed. This church, I believe, and many other churches as well, are good soil for sowing the seed of our finances into. Right, God God gives us everything that we need for wealth and godliness. He has given us the ability to produce wealth. That doesn't mean he drops it into our laps. He's given us abilities to earn wealth. But what we do with it is up to us and so for example when we look around here you know to me it's just a huge blessing look at how many young people we have serving how many teenagers young adults it's not a mistake right this church has sown into the children's ministry pastor Karen's done an excellent job with her workers with the children This church has sown into the teenage and young adult ministry. And we're seeing the results of that. We're reaping the results of that. They're not the church of tomorrow. Our young people are the church of today. And they are serving and they're blessing us. And so this is an example of God giving us 30, 60, 100 fold return. There are other good uh, ministries from RVFM, River Valley Christian Church, that we support, missionaries overseas working with orphans and with the Roma kids. But we, we can take heart, and we can understand that with the good soil that we have here, and we invest in that, God is going to give us a return. He's giving us a return. Now he will continue to give us a return, amen? Father God, we do thank you that you've given us good soil to sow here. Father, we thank you that the ground has been tilled, will be continue to be tilled. And Father, we do thank you that you've given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Father, we thank you for each gift, each giver. And if you can give online through rvcc.info slash donate, you can give by mail. 5900 Lake Elmo Avenue, Lake Elmo, Minnesota, 55042. Or you can give the old-fashioned way with an envelope, check. There's a box in the back, the Ark of the Covenant, and uh, you can bring it into the church office, Monday through Thursday, 9 to 3. So, Father, we do thank you for each gift, each giver. We ask your blessing on each, in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Close it out. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that you've given us. We thank you that you've brought us here together, that we have the opportunity to come together and worship together. Father, we do thank you for the word. We speak over it that it does not get stolen from our hearts, that it settles in and it produces what you have for each and every one of us. We ask your blessing on on our day, on our way home.